With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the Film Review. What's going on, people? How you feeling? Welcome to episode. What episode is this? What episode is this? This is episode number 134 of hashtag TFR Podcast Live. That's right. The film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We are the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, society. On this podcast, we want to shout out to everyone who is watching us right now on Periscope, on Vimeo, on FB, and on the Film Review Life Channel. That's right. The Film Review Life Channel is on. We are appreciating you tuning in. Make sure that you go to the Film Review Life Channel and subscribe, 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 subscribe. Press like, 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 like. And share, 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 share Because do we have a jam-packed show for you today You know, of course, this is leading into Halloween And like we did last year You know, what we talked about the black exploitation films That were real popular And we told you last week we did a recap of that And you can check that out on episode 133 And then we gave you four new films that are not black directed or written, but have black characters in them and you will enjoy watching them. And we have four more. You You will enjoy watching them because, because you will be happy to watch them because there are characters in them and well we can't tell you but you watch this we want you to have suspense if you have never seen these films horror movies good for American blacks and the black diaspora to catch to watch the first one the next four that we're going to do because we did four last week we're going to do four more this week and you can see the cover up here let me move this over just a little so that you can see the covers let me bring them over just a little if I can little bit more oh man what's this there we go (laughs) see if I can move it over just a little bit okay let's see come on come on come on come on come on okay there we go drop that down go like this 
All right, people. So the four that we're dealing with this week, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, Demon Knight, like it's a demon that's a knight for the devil. That's what that's what it called. Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, 1995, Jada Pickett. When she was Jada Pickett and not Jada Pickett Smith. Do people remember that time when she was Jada Pickett and not Jada Pickett Smith? Well, that was that time. Number two, 13 Ghosts. I remember that. That's 2001. Rod Digger. Rod Digger. And the character she played was Maggie Bess. Okay. 13 Ghosts. 2001. Make sure you watch that. That has Raw Digger in it. You will enjoy it. Number three, House on the Hill, 1999. Tay Diggs, he played a character named Eddie. Remember remember House on the Hill, 1999. Tay Diggs, you will enjoy that film for more reasons than one. And then number four. Okay. Halloween Resurrection, you know, that's Michael Myers, you know, and his sister, you know, uh, 2002, that was Buster Rhymes, right, and he played Freddie Harms, right, Halloween Resurrection 2002, Buster Rhymes. He played a character named Freddie Harms, right? right? You will enjoy those four films yeah. for Halloween, right? Yeah. Make sure you smash the share button yeah. and the like button. So before we go any further, okay. like usual, we okay. always ask, how was your week? So it was pretty how good. How was your week? I mean, it's good. As can be expected, you know, mm-hmm. during COVID, right? Right. But um, I was shocked. Well, really, I wasn't shocked, actually, because I, I figured something was coming up. But uh, a reason for them not to have a debate, shall I say. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was surprised to find out uh, earlier this week that uh, Biden didn't want to debate uh, Trump on stage because I thought, I mean, they've been saying for the last uh, few months that what quarantine period is what just 14 days mm-hmm. and um so i just knew that they would have a debate mm-hmm. but biden doesn't want to debate trump live but i'm not surprised right but he wanted to do a virtual debate so yeah yeah that's what yeah. They, they just changed that up at the last minute and everything what's yeah. up to tanya m congress i see that she's hey, watched tanya. in What's going on to you? Make sure you smash the share button, yes. smash the like button, tag all your people in it, people watching on Periscope, Vimeo, FB, and the Film Review Life channel on YouTube. The Film Review Life channel on YouTube. Make sure you smash the share, the like, and subscribe to the channel. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Well, what else happened this week? The, okay. Uh, COVID, I mean, what's her name? Uh, Kamala and uh, Vice President Pence. They had their debate. Yeah, right? they had their debate. It was a pretty good debate. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Right? Um, so, but the only thing is, is I first I didn't think they needed it, but now I'm like, you know, at every debate there should be a fact checker because like 
so far, I mean, I've seen lies be told back to back in these debates, right? Mm -hmm. So, like the first debate, right, with President Trump and um, and Biden, right? When Biden said that he wasn't for what the Green uh, New Deal. Mm -hmm. But then on his website, because, you know, we've been talking about this for months now, right? Mm -hmm. So we've been to everybody's sites. Mm -hmm. And you pretty much have memorized what's on each of the sites. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. I could have swore that he has a section on his Biden, right? A section on his um, uh, uh, on his website, right? Campaign site. And it talks about the Green New Deal. And when he said that he wasn't for it, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it is. And then so I ended up like snap uh, doing a, a picture, snapping the picture and sending it to my cousin. And she was like, yeah, he did say that. Why is it, you know? My, my so, point is, all this money that they want to save and everything that they want to do, where's the reparations? No reparations, no votes. No, we don't even have a dog in that hunt. But so if it's you, just like everybody's just, just lying and the money is going everywhere except for where it should go, right? Yeah, but so... <laughs> We don't have any dog in the hunt. The money should be going towards reparations. They were talking about something where they were trying to save money or whatever. If it's not going to reparations, it's right. nothing. Okay, right. people. So let's start with the memes. Okay. Smash the share button. Smash the like button. Right. Tag your people. We are dropping some information in between here because you know we're going to be talking about Topsy and Bopsy yeah. in a second from... Lovecraft country yeah. so you got to be tuned in for that yeah. smash the share button smash the like button okay this person do you know who this person is this person this young woman right here is making okay. American black okay. historic figure type history okay. she's alive and well and making it happen. Do you know who she is? Yes. Right. Her name is Channing Dungy. Yes. Her name is Channing Dungy. Right? Yes. She just left Netflix after 20 months as the VP original content, the, v right. the vice president of original content before that, she was at ABC. Yeah. She was the entertainment president. Yeah. Do you know what she's famous for at ABC? Oh, yeah. You told me. She is yeah. famous for canning Roseanne when she came <laughs> with that racist stuff. Yeah. She did a lot of great things over at ABC. Because That's right. she also had like that... Um, director uh program like a in, like an internship directorship right. and regina king went through her program that's right and so, yeah and she pushed the kenya barris yes shows blackish and pushed it and said Mixed-ish. this would be more folksish folksy type of programming yeah. and that everyone would enjoy that she also had the Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, okay. Right? And she did some other shows, but she was about that it would be universal, like how Cosby, everybody watched the Cosby okay. show back right. in the 80s, right? So that's what she did. But okay. she left ABC okay. after she canned okay. Roseanne. Okay. Now, my initial question was, 
Did she exit Netflix because she was in there? She was just the VP okay. of, you know, new programming. Let okay. me get it again. She was the VP of original content, just the vice president. Was and she, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Was she telling them because she had been president right. at ABC, right? Right. Was she telling them, hey, maybe you shouldn't take these cuties, these cuties in right. because this looks kind of suspect because right. now they're being sued. Right. You know, there's a lawsuit against them for pornography coming from out of Texas. Yeah. You know, uh, that favorite Ted Cruz, that favorite senator to some people. Obviously, Texas loves him because he keeps getting reelected. Right. Had something to do with it. He saw something against seeing a breast exposed of a young girl and having the camera angles. But we talked about that. Go back to the episode where we talked about cuties, right? That's on the Film Review Live channel, hashtag TFR Podcast Live, right? Yeah. Just type in hashtag TFR Podcast Live cuties and it'll come up and then you can watch our review on that situation. But at first I thought that. I said, did she leave? Cause, I'm sure she did. Tell you know, them. She told him and then did she leave? Yeah. Let me get out of here before this <laughs> ship sinks, yeah. right? Right. But it appears she might be in consideration okay. for president of Warner Brothers TV. That's what just came down, right? She's ADOS, American Black. The name Dungey has been in America since 18. 18- 40. You know, we do checks like that. We do checks like that. Smash the share button because you just learned about a modern day American a person that's making American black history. She is an American black history making figure right now. Well, they would be smart, you know, to hire her because, I mean, she walked away, um, and ABC is doing great. I mean, Roseanne still doing great. They picked up another season. So, well, no, no, not Roseanne. Remember, it's the oh, they changed what, the name. They changed the but name. It's the, oh, Connors, right? The Connors, the Connors. Right. So the Connors is still doing great. Right, but so, Roseanne is out of there. <laughs> yeah, she's out of there. See, I bet you yeah. she wish she hadn't done that now. But that was smart of her to change it to the Connors. Yes. And it's doing really well. And, and it's still up doing. Another season. And, and NBC is, I mean, ABC, ABC is doing well. Right. So, you know, being the president of Warner Brothers right. TV, the WB TV, right. would be another milestone for her. And sometimes when you're American black. Right. And you stand for something. You often have to move around and be on that grind and that hustle because right. people may not like your decisions, but right. your decisions are always, or sometimes I'll say, right. second guessed. Right. But in the long run, they see, hey, maybe we should have had kept that person. But you know what? I mean, they hire her. I will definitely start watching. Definitely start watching the WBTV. Okay, people. All right, people. So, look. This image right here is what you would call a piccaninny. This is an image, a drawing, a representation of Harriet Beecher Stowe's character called Topsy from Uncle Tom's 
cabin, right? And to know who Topsy is, we're gonna play a clip okay. from our show, right? From our Monday through Friday, right? Right. I just came up with a new hashtag and we're gonna be spreading this out because usually we say hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB in the episode, but now I'll come up with a new cleaner hashtag. This is gonna be the new hashtag and it's gonna uh, purvey over everything. Hashtag observations TFR. So when you're looking for the film review, what we're doing now, it'll be hashtag TFR Podcast Live. And not too long in the future, when you look for observations, it will be hashtag observations TFR. It's cleaner that way. So we're going to play a clip where we talked about on our Monday through Friday show, observations, hashtag observations, TFR, but you will find it right now at hashtag TFR podcast live OB. We talked about my sister broke down the information about Topsy out of the Uncle Tom's Cabin, the character out of Uncle Tom's Cabin, as we were talking about Topsy and Bopsy from Lovecraft Country, right? right? So, well, let's just go through it and then we'll be right back on the other side. Here we go. Topsy was a character that came from the book Uncle Tom's Cabin um, by Harriet Beecher Stowe years, 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 years ago. But in this in this Lovecraft country, they represented antagonists that the young lady had to face, the girl had to face, where they were they were trying to attack her, and the way they were attacking her, it 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 brought terror. In the book um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the character Topsy was representative of uh Dee just said it that it was a it was a figurative reference but she enters into the storyline as filthy bruised and scarred you know she's dressed in tattered clothes and she's an example of what happens when human beings are treated as commodities commodities uh her parents were no more than breeding stock so she was just an offspring she was the stock of their breeding. She had been treated no better than a herd animal. So she didn't have the polish. She didn't have uh, what we would call the social norms at that time, certainly not in this time either. So she would probably, she probably couldn't read. She probably couldn't write. She probably had no feelings because she didn't know what love was. She had not been loved. There was no love. It was just abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, psychological abuse, or any kind of abuse you can think of. Um, she had been a victim of it and she's wearing it. So when you see these two there, you see one is very light and one is very dark. And in the book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, there was a character, a little girl named Eva, who was white and she was the daughter and uh, she liked to play 
with Topsy. In the book, she played with Topsy. So what this says is, here's a mirror image. You become what you created. Mirror image and you become what you created, right? So this is Topsy, right? This is the image uh, drawn by Harriet Beecher Stowe, right? But guess what? Besides Topsy being Topsy, Topsy is the prototype Mm -hmm. of what would be called a Piccaninny, right? And we have some art, you know, about the Piccaninny before we get in talking about Topsy and Bobsy, right? So she is, we don't know if Harriet Beecher Stowe did such a good thing or a bad thing by making this archetype in Uncle Tom's cabin, but she is a pickaninny. And you know, once something catches on and you know, the capitalists in this country figure they can, they will come out with things. Now this is an ad about a watermelon freeze, I guess like that shaved ice or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. five cents, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a pickaninny, it says, uh, it says, eat, eat seeds, and all. Pick a ninny freeze. Five cents, right? So this is an example of the pick a ninny. They always deal with the hair. They probably saw the people wearing the locks right. starting to twist, right? right? And they would, you know, then take that and run with that and make that a negative thing. But thank goodness that we have come through that and don't find that to be a negative thing and just right. say you just need to get you some you need to get you some business right right so look here's another pick a ninny depiction okay. and it says honey is waiting for you waiting for you right mm-hmm. honey is tis waiting for you right another pick a ninny uh situation right that they that they uh put in your face so this is what you would call psychological damage happening to the population at the time now here's one that is extremely vicious which i believe is a really a representation of topsy throughout the book because as you see as my sister described topsy okay you see that this one right here. She, this is Uncle Sam, okay. or represent, rendering Uncle Sam, and Topsy is barefoot, and she has her hands out, and she has the pickaninny braids, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that is extremely heinous, but this one right here, I think, is the most heinous image, one of the most heinous images of all, because it deals with attacking the children, and I think that children should be off limits. Right. But here is one right here: little pickaninnies. It appears it was a book of some kind. Mm-hmm. Little pickaninnies, and as you see, these are well-dressed children, mm-hmm. but they're still calling them 
ticking in these. Now, do you know some of the most famous Piccaninny, people who they use to represent the Piccaninny. Do you know some of the more famous ones? Oh, the Farina? That's right, Farina people. So this is, this is Farina. This person right here, his last name, name Hoskin. Okay. He played Farina in over 105 episodes. 105 episodes of Little Rascals are a gang, right? You know, when I was a kid, I always thought Farina was a girl. I did too. Now, wait a minute. In the, initially, in the beginning, because they did another black character the same way before they let him blow out his afro, and we're going to get that for a minute. Okay. But this person right here, that is a hard pill to swallow, especially when the NAACP came around and all that. And he was born in 1920, right? And he died in 1980. Mm -hmm. He only lived to be 60 years old. Wow. Hoskin, right? Mm -hmm. Who played Farina, right? Now, 105 episodes. You can't really live that down. You didn't know what you were doing, mm -hmm. you know. Now, here's an example of how they would use another character. Buckwheat. That's right, Buckwheat. Now, when Buckwheat first appeared, Buckwheat looked like... Farina? He looked like a pickaninny. And look at this photo right here. Cute little boy yeah. with that white doll. That is heinous. That is a insult. Now, I always knew uh, Buckwheat and Stymie. I knew that they were boys. But no. I thought... No, no. I thought uh, Farina was a girl. When I when I was a when I was a kid, first coming up, because you know they they mixed the episodes together, Our Gang and Little Rascals and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was first coming up, oh, you thought Buckley was a little girl. I thought he was because I, 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 I couldn't tell. I said, oh, okay. "Is I, I said is Buckley the little girl?" And here's the image why I say that because I was doing my research and I mm -hmm. came across how they. Because he was a little older in the image that we have of right now. But this is when he first came in. Oh, cute. And what, I mean, is this a boy? Well, right there, girl? it looks like a little girl. Right. And he had the twit and the pickaninny. Like little barrettes or ribbons. Right. Well, that's like what it ribbons. was. That's the pickaninny braids, right? And so these are the psychological psychologically damaging images that they were putting across about black people at the time right so Lovecraft the writers of Lovecraft right you can look up the writer for me real quick the head writer um the writers of Lovecraft bring you an episode episode 8 which is Entitled, let me find it real quick. It is titled Jigaboo Boo, right? Mm -hmm. That's what episode eight is entitled. And they bring you uh on steroids representation mm -hmm. of the of the Piccaninny mm -hmm. or the what would be considered the Jigaboo. Right. And they bring it to you in the form of Topsy and Bopsy. The young girl 
Diana Freeman. Now remember these names. Diana Freeman is uh, haunted and hunted by these two characters right here, Topsy and Bopsy. After a corrupt police officer, Captain Lancaster puts a curse on her in an alley as Diana is fleeing from her best friend's funeral, right? Boo Boo, who is actually AKA Emmett Till, right? So he puts a hex on her and these, and she, the first thing that she happens to focus in on is Uncle Tom's Cabin, a book of Uncle Tom's Cabin and Topsy turns around and looks at her and this starts the curse off. And this is where this is running now and you're seeing these horror, these ghouls. They are, they are ghouls. They are a on steroids representation of the psychological damage that was done by looking at images that were anti, it really, really we could just say, just call it what it is, anti-black. And these two ghouls, these two demons began to follow her and do this particular dance, which is very, as my sister said, very demonic and twisting. Now, the two people who portray Topsy and Bopsy are Bianca uh, Bruton, Bianca Bruton, she plays Bopsy. This is Bopsy right here to the left, right? And then uh, Kaylin K.K. Harris portrays Topsy. Now, when I first saw it, I thought that Topsy was the dark skin and Bopsy was the light skin, but come mm -hmm. to fact out that the writers switched it okay. up because of the negative, I believe because of the neg negative connotation between you know, uh, having a dark skin character represent the Topsy character all this time in the future. But either way, these two are horrifying. It had, it had chills running up my legs. The last time I had chills running up my legs is when we went to the movies to see The Ring. I mean, I don't know what it was about The Ring, mm -hmm. but The Ring had chills running up and down my spine. So they're saying the show creator, mm -hmm. um, Misha Green, mm -hmm. she's also uh, one of the executive producers and she also um, wrote the pilot for the episode. She wrote the pilot, right? Yeah. So right here, people, we have some behind the scenes. You see, to put something together like this, to put, to put something together like this is straight, sheer dedication and fortitude, right? Yeah. To put these two characters together, it takes a lot. And, and right here 
it takes a lot. It takes rehearsals. It's not just getting out there and just doing willy-nilly what you want to do. This is... These two ladies are skilled at what they do. And what they do is what is on film. And is what sent chills down everyone's spine of people's legs. People having nightmares over Bopsy and Topsy. And this is the behind the scenes making of how they went about. And we're showing this to you right now. How they went about making Bopsy and Topsy. Man, we're playing eight, this right now. A two, a three, a four, a six, and eight, a one, and two, and three, and four, and five, six, and eight, a one, a two, a three, a four, a six, and eight, a one, and two, and three, and four, and five, six, and eight, a now, this was on Bianca's uh, inst uh, Instagram. And she at first said that she was discouraged about doing the role because she, I don't know if she actually knew about blackface, mm -hmm. but this is what this is. And now this is a white actor and they have something about that song the camp town lady now you know who this is this is beyonce right and why would you say we're watching beyonce you see this young lady right here dancing right here that was in beyonce's uh coachella performance this is bianca bruton and so it just goes to show you she played boxy and this it just goes to show you that Beyonce right. is truly once you get with Beyonce and with and you have talent, yeah. you will be recognized right. and you will move forward. Right. And so all success for, to her. She comes from out of Florida. Right. right? right. So man, let me tell you something. If you're not watching Lovecraft Country, Country yeah. if you're not watching this show right here. Let me bring this. Let me bring this up so that you can see this. If you're not watching this show right here, you are missing a tour de force, Lovecraft Country. We have to talk about it almost every week. Yeah, that's how good it is, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how good it is, right? See, number episode eight is a social commentary. It shows how well-meaning adults can be so wrapped up yeah. with what their concerns are to the point the children are left to fend for themselves. Yeah. No one will listen and for the most part, they won't recognize the person. The child is gone mm -hmm. until it's too late. Yeah. It hits on child abuse, child abduction, and the damaging images of of self children American black children witness via media what do you have to say yeah. about episode 8 I mean I agree we talked about that and um, not to give anything away so hopefully everyone um, has seen love uh, craft country but if not definitely watch it but um, we talk about how the, the little girl is 
she's mourning the death of her best friend. Mm -hmm. And we talk about uh, how she's basic. She's being blown off by the adults. There's this one scene mm -hmm. when she approaches one of the adults and she's trying to tell her that she's being chased by these demon ghouls and you know the adult that she runs to just blows her off. So this little girl is left to dealing with this on her own, right? And and, and it was they were supposed to be searching for her, but then they all got yeah. wrapped off into I'm trying to figure out thing. I'm trying to figure out was that part of the curse too that they oh. she wouldn't be listened to. Okay. So I mean that's all in it, but okay. it's a it's a social commentary being right. put across within this entertainment and we've told you there are certain shows Lovecraft Country right uh, Watchmen and last week we reviewed uh, Fargo 4 right and tonight we're, we're reviewing the good Lord Bird tonight right so this is you know this show right now this season yeah. is where it's at. Yeah. So our first review for tonight is one that is on Netflix that came out in 2020. Okay. It's The Devil All the Time. Yeah. Of course, we have the trailer. And we're going to play the trailer in the back as we go, right? So Donald Ray Pollock okay. is the writer and the narrator, right? He is the omniscient narrator telling the story of what's happening, right? Bill Skarsgård is Willard. He is the main... No, no. That's the father. Tom Holland is Arvin. He is the main protagonist. See, this, this movie spans three generations, right? Uh, Michael uh, is Arvin at age nine. Haley Bennett is Charlotte. Charlotte has an interesting situation that happens in this picture and she has an interesting end, an interesting conclusion. Matter of fact, a lot of people in this film has have uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> ends, right? Uh, Christian Griffith is Emma. She is the grandmother. So we're seeing three generations happen here, right? Sebastian is the uh, deputy, right? Bo Decker, right? Robert uh, Patterson is Reverend Preston T. Garden. Reverend Preston T. Garden is one that you would well anyway you have to see it. This is a good film. This is what my mother would say a film with substance. A film of substance. Right? Right? So Sandy uh, Sandy and Carl Sandy and Carl are Two people in the film that uh, come together and they have an interesting life together as Quite life ends. Right. So we don't want to give you too much yeah, because, because we want you to see this yeah, film. And what's right? good about this film is 
It reminds me of uh, kind of like you know how in the film Crash mm -hmm. there were like multiple storylines yeah. going on. It's an ensemble. It's an ensemble cast, and there are multiple storylines um, going on, and um, and in the end they all kind of come together. But it's it's quite interesting. Yes, it's all it's all weaving around, it's right? It's weaving around and it's not predictable at all. Not predictable at because all. Because it's quite shocking. Quite shocking. Yeah, and it, it is. It's um it's a it's a really, really good film. It should be called Everyone Gets Their Just Do. That's what this film should yeah, be called. It should. Spanning three generations, devil deals with the sins of the past coming to bite you in your right as a little boy now a man right. exacts vengeance right. in Knockham Stiff Ohio now if right. you did not know there is a city in southern Ohio <laughs> called Knockham Stiff right yeah so cinematography okay. is a 10 Storyline, through line is a 10. Okay. Character arc is a 10. Okay. Acting skill. Okay. Emoting is a 10. Okay. The way that the actors bring this, yeah. bring the characters to life, and when the close-up is there, I mean, yeah. you really feel it. Yeah. Wardrobes, cars, the settings, the yeah. sets, that's a 10. Yeah. Drama. The lies, the drama and lies. That's a ten. Right. Uh, knock 'em stiff as a character right. going between knock 'em stiff and Virginia, but mostly knock 'em stiff. That's a ten. Story beats. There are beats that happen a generation before okay. that come into the later generations. Right. That's a ten. Right. Believability. That's a ten. Right. Historical truths. Right. That's a ten. What would you give the devil? I mean, all I the time? I agree with the scoring except for one thing. Uh oh. Okay, uh -oh. so I'm gonna have to take it to uh, give it an eight. What's that? Because Robert Patterson, right? Oh, okay. So his, you know, it takes place in the Midwest. So I'm trying to figure out if his dialect, if it's supposed to be Midwest, it's not because I'm from the Midwest. So right. and if it's supposed to be southern, southern like southern Ohio, it's not, it's not working because you know I have family from the south. So, but he's a he's what an English or British actor. Yeah, but so Tom, but the, but the, but the thing is, right? That's what I was about to say. Tom Holland is um, not American. He's not an American actor, but he did a great job playing a southern or a man. No, he's from uh uh, what is it, Stockham? Yeah. What is it, what's the name of the city? Knockham uh, uh, Stiff? Uh, yeah, Knockham <laughs> Stiff. Yeah. So, uh, Tom Holland had a great accent coming from the Midwest. Yes, he Southern did. part southern of Ohio. Yeah, so, uh -huh. he had that southern twang. And it was realistic. Realistic. But, but uh, Patterson, Robert Patterson, who is, he's a good actor. It's just the dialect was He just didn't have, it was, it was just one dimensional. Yeah. It didn't open it didn't open up because certain inflections weren't right. there. He was like more monotone with right. it. He didn't go to highs, right. he didn't go to lows. Cause certain octaves change and pitch changes right. with the 
dialect of a Midwestern person. Right. And and he didn't a Southern Midwestern person right. like that. And he didn't have it. It was like more like he studied for being a just a Southern person, but he just didn't nail it. So I can see that. So your rating would probably be like a eight point nine, right? I but, guess but so. Because but Colin was so strong. Colin did great. I, I overlooked him because he was just a secondary Colin character. Colin was the star, right? Yeah. Film. He was just the. Okay. You know, Sebastian was just the okay. character just to, you know, move the story along. Yeah, but that's just like that film we reviewed with, what is it, Taraj P. Henson? Mm -hmm. And um, I can't think of the movie. But, but one of the guys was supposed to be Southern. Mm -hmm. You remember? Right. And he didn't have a Southern accent. I'm trying to figure out how this man came from the South. And he had... He was he was from overseas also. Right. But I'm like, how does he have a British accent? He's supposed to be from the South. From that, I can... <laughs> you know? So, um, but yeah, Tom Holland did a great job. And um, so... Yeah. So what would you give it overall? Is that knocking it down from the 10? Is he going to give it an 8.9 or a 9.2? Okay, no, 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 no. I mean, give him your rating. No, I give it. I mean, the film, Tom Holland gets a 10 for his acting. It was a great film. But the reason why I said 8 is because the person that did the casting, they should have worked on his dialect. But that would have been more like the di director. The well, the director should have worked on the dialect. Yeah, that's true. So to get a 10, I mean, I need it to be believable. Hmm. Now, that I might have to go acting skill and emoting. Acting skill would be the dialect. So I think I'm going to have to go 9 on that, which <laughs> no, brings my score down. <laughs> which brings the total oh. score of everything I said down to know. 9 2. And how do I know that? Because there's another film with a 9.2 coming up tonight. So yes, I'm going to have to change my... Because no, my wife brought that to me. No, and that's right. Sebastian should have been better. <laughs> so that's going to be... Because that changes acting skill of all the actors down to a 9. So that brings that down to a 9.2. Wow, wow. We 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 got we got we've got the critic in the house, y'all. We got the critic in the house. I'm the filmmaker, she's the critic. But this is true, people, because that's true. So I have to I had I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about how great a film it is. Yes. The film is great. It's a nine point two. Yeah. Go out and see it. My wife gave it an eight. I gave it a nine point two. That is pretty Pretty, pretty good. Go to Netflix and see the film. The next film up is also on Netflix. Yeah. It's called Vampires vs. the Bronx 2020. Vampires vs. the Bronx. The cast. Jaden Michael. He plays Miguel Martinez. Gerald Jones III plays Bobby Carter. Gregory Diaz the fourth plays Luis Acosta. Now these are the three friends yeah. in the story. They're this is they are the three friends that make yeah. up the bulk of yeah. the story. They are the protagonists right. in the piece. Right. The main protagonist being Miguel Martinez, being right. played by Jaden Michael, right? Yeah. 
Coco Jones is Rita. She is the really the only one that believes them yes. once they expose the truth to yeah. everyone. It's a beautiful scene, which is, is a group scene, which is like kind of like a semicircle. Right. And the, this reality of what's happening in the Bronx right. is exposed, and she is the only one. Right. Who believes them? She said her and her her grandmother trained her for this time. <laughs> and then you got to see the film, right? Uh, Sarah Gaden uh, Gaden is Vivian. She's dressed in white, okay. right? And that's what we're gonna say about Next that. We don't want to give it away. Method Man plays Father Jackson, right? And then another standout is Imani Lewis. She plays Gloria. She is the, what I could call the, the, what, what, what do we call that? The unreliable narrator. She's yeah. the unreliable narrator. Yeah. She's the one She's who is <laughs> telling you through right. live streaming broadcast with her cell phone. Yeah. She's what, like the TMZ of the streets. Yes, right? what's happening in the Bronx. <laughs> Right. And she is also the unreliable narrator because right. she gets the news after the fact, really, <laughs> right? But tries. it is a great... She tries. It, it, it's a great ensemble cast, it right? Is. It's an ensemble cast uh, that tells a vampire tale in the Bronx as young middle school age teens discover right. a regentrification outfit right. working to beautify, quote unquote, to beautify the Bronx has a deadly consequence for those who sell out. I would right. even say that it's racist vampires <laughs> yeah. versus a minority yep. majority. But you know what? Um, there's a cameo also, yes, uh, Zoe is. Saldana. That's right. She's yeah. in it. Yeah. She's like a poppy mommy, mommy. Yeah. And right? then Chris Reed from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And then the kid Mira. Yeah, right. So, and, and it's a it's an ensemble cast. But we pulled out some of the ones that you should look out for. Right. It is a beautiful piece. It's a great. It's good. Children can watch this. They can. This is children friendly. Yeah, it is. But yet adults will see it. And enjoy it also. Yeah, they will, especially like uh, Shia Wiggum, and we know him from um, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire, right? So, mm -hmm. and yeah. also the Perry Mason. Yep. Pre the prequel to Perry Mason yeah, being well, we a lawyer. That, right? Yeah, we did. Great we show. Did, right. Yeah. So, cinematography is a ten. Yep. Bronx. I had to bring the character, the city being the character. Yeah. Bronx as a character yeah. is a 10, showing yeah. the culture. I mean, it's beautiful. It Storyline, through line, 10. Yeah. Acting skill, the emoting of the actors, 10. Right. Wardrobe and sets is a 10. The lighting, I would yeah. have to put lighting under wardrobe, sets, and lighting. Mm -hmm. The lighting, the way they show you the what was alive and then how they show you that it's a dead area. Beautiful lighting. Check yeah. out the lighting. Drama. Comedy. Yeah. You know, it's not that it's buffoonish. It's oh. that the situations will have you tripping out. Yeah. You'll laugh and say, oh man, I, I would react that way. Right. That's a 10. Story beats. That's a 10. Yeah. Believability. Yeah. That's a 10. Yeah. 
uh, showing off the culture, um, making, uh, showing the culture of the Bronx. That's a 10. The various cultures of the Bronx are represented, right. which is one big gumbo, yeah. and they all come together. That's a 10. It's yeah, a 10. I agree. Historical truths yeah. put in about the Bronx. That's a 10. Uh, what would you give vampires versus... I would give it a 10 also because, uh, like you said, uh, what I really thought was interesting was... Um, what I thought was interesting for it to not be real, mm-hmm. they did a good job making it believable. Yeah, they because did. Because it is quite believable. It's quite believable. And it's well written. And the, the climactic scene, right. the way you, it, it makes you suspend belief. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, like this, 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 this happened, this is possible, but right. the cutting, because, it's all yeah. about the pacing okay. of it, and yeah. it makes you believe. We're showing the trailer as we're talking about yeah. this last part. Yeah. The It's believable, and right. it moves, man, and the, yeah. and the cinematography, the, the camera angles, yeah. the way that they move and tell yeah. the story, the lighting, yeah. everything about this is good, plus yeah. it is child friendly. It is. And then I love the sense of community, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the friendship and um, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. And I love how they just, they all came together, you know? And whether they, whether they were friends or whether it was just a neighbor they were familiar with, um, walking past every day on their way to the bodega or to school or to church, just when it was time to come together, they came together as a community. So it is, like you said, it's child friendly, people of all ages, teenagers, parents, grandparents, and it's intelligent writing. So, I mean, you don't even have to have any kids in the house to watch. This is also an adult film. I mean, because yeah. it's humor. It's not an adult film. Uh, yeah, it's, not an adult. Film. It's a film for, <laughs> for children adults that adults will watch. enjoy. Right. So, I mean, the it's, writing it's, it's is a film. It's a family film because yeah. we can't say it's a film that adults will enjoy because, you know, it's too much of the other stuff going on yeah. out there. So, we have to be clear about what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So, for me, Vampires versus The Bronx. Yeah. Is yes, yeah, a ten as a we ten. go through rapid yes. fire on the show. We are so jam packed tonight. Now the next piece. It's so good. I'll watch it again. The next piece that yeah. we are getting ready to review yeah. is the good yard. The good Lord bird. Good yard. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, the good. Lord Bird, right? The Good Lord Bird, starring Ethan Hawke as John Brown, Joshua Caleb Johnson as Henry, or quote-unquote Onion, Herbert Point DeJour as Bob, David Diggs as Frederick Douglass. Of course, you know Frederick Diggs from Blind Spotting, the 2018 film that we reviewed. You know, he is the co-writer of the screenplay right. and he is the star of the film. Right. David Diggs, right? He yeah. plays Frederick Douglass, right? Uh, Tambula Perry is Anna Douglas. You get to see 
Frederick Douglass's wife, his first wife in this, right? Yeah. Then there's uh oh man, I can't read my own Which right one? here. here uh, ben what is it? Uh, Look at right there, right there. Uh, Bo, Bo. Bo Nap. Yeah, Bo Nap, right? Yeah. He is Owen Brown, right? right? And then uh, Mo, Mo Brings Plenty. Right. Mo Brings Plenty is uh, Ottawa Jones. Right. And David Mose plays uh, Dutch Henry. That's the opening sequence in it. And also our favorite actor, Orlando Jones. Yes. You know, you know him from yes. American Gods, but he's not on there anymore, so no need to watch in our opinion season three. Right. They get ready to buffoon that out. Right. First two seasons excellent. Third yeah. season and eh, not so much. He plays the railman in this picture, right? John Brown. Born. This is a, this is gonna be interesting for oh, you. Okay. John Brown, born May 9th, eighteen hundred. I'm, I'm not surprised. Passed okay. December twenty second, nineteen fifty nine. I mean, excuse me, eighteen fifty nine. He was only fifty nine. See, this right? Uh, eighteen forty two to right. late eighteen fifties to eighteen fifty nine. Harper's Ferry. Okay. This is what this is covering because mm -hmm. what you find out is the person okay. is narrated through the voice of Onion. Yeah. And so he's, yeah. and in the book he traveled with John Brown and his pack yeah. for 17 years, right? Wow. And, right? Wow. And John Brown was trying to create a slave liberation movement, right? But not enough slaves joined in. I wonder why. I wonder why they didn't jump in when he was getting ready to get yeah. Harper's Ferry. I don't, I don't know why they didn't jump in. I wonder what that was about. I wonder what that was about, right? Everybody got so God look, on this side. We're playing like the trailer. From, seems like from this episode, God one jumped in. Well, no, two slaves so far mm -mm. jumped in. But we're right? talking about when it got to Harper's Ferry. Oh, when it got to Harper's Ferry, yeah. How many was I mean, I don't know. We're gonna play the trailer. Look, only about ten. Oh, okay. But anyway, look. First person tried, convicted, executed for treason in the United States of America. He was tried in the Commonwealth of Virginia on treason to the United States of America, and he was the first person tried, convicted, and executed on treason. The Good Lord the story of John Brown and what led up to the Battle of Harper's Ferry told through the eyes of a liberated ex-slave named Onion, told with drama and humor as intended by James McBride, the author of The Good Lord Bird, right? Now there's some uncomfortable truths that are gonna come up in this piece. Let me say this before we move on to the uncomfortable truth. Let me say that when you've been watching movies as long as we have, you will come across seeing actors like Ethan Hawke when they're younger. So do you want to see a film where Ethan Hawke is about the same age as Joshua Caleb Johnson who plays Onion? Then you want to see the movie Dead 
Poet Society starring Robin Williams. If you have never seen Dead Poet Society, it is another film of substance, right? And I had a, a rap group that I was uh, working with in the 90s. The film came out in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And they had they were influenced by the Dead Poets Society, mm -hmm. so they called oh, their nice. collective the Dead Poets, right? Okay. And representing the hip-hop, you know, hip-hop wasn't like it used to be. You know, hip-hop wasn't even 40 years old then. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> funny. Um, but... You know, Dead Poets Society, you have to see that. And of course, you know him from Training Day with Denzel and plus so many other films. But yeah, you can see that there now. James McBride. James McBride is the writer of A Good Lord Bird. And of course, Crazy D has cut up a video package. It gives a pretty good synopsis besides the synopsis that we brought here right. just, just now. It brings a pretty good synopsis of through the mind of James McBride, right? So we're going to go ahead and play this without further ado. Here we go. The Good Lord Bird is the memoir of a 103-year-old black man who uh, claimed to have served with the great abolitionist John Brown. Uh, he had to uh, pretend to be a girl to do it. I was born a colored man, and don't you forget it, but I lived as a colored woman for 17 years. The words of Kansas-born slave Henry or Henrietta Shackelford, who in the novel The Good Lord Bird becomes one of the ragtag followers of the abolitionist John Brown and survives to tell of the raid on Harper's Ferry. This is the third novel by James McBride. He's also author of the best-selling memoir, The Color of Water, A Black Man's Tribute to His White Mother. And first, congratulations to you. Thank you very much. So the story of John Brown has been written and written about in nonfiction and fiction. You, what, felt you had something more to tell? I was born a colored man, and don't you forget it, but I lived as a colored woman for 17 years. My pa was a full-blooded Negro out of Osawatomie in Kansas Territory, north of Fort Scott, near Lawrence. Pa was a barber by trade, though they never gave him full satisfaction. This is a very funny book about a very serious subject. I mean, why, why did you want to put humor into it, into the life of John Brown well, and slavery? <clears throat> slavery is such a droll subject, and uh, it's depressing. I, don't wanna, I didn't want to write a book that was depressing. You know, I don't want to read a book that's depressing. So I just thought that, and, he's, and John Brown was so funny. I mean, he wasn't funny. He was actually, actually had no sense of humor at all, right. which made him perfect, a perfect person to make fun of. All those pictures of him and, and, the, and the, you know, so strict, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, just so stern looking, and he was very religious, and it just made him a perfect caricature item. Dutch Henry's tavern sat right near the Missouri border. It served as a kind of post office, courthouse, rumor mill, and gin house for Missouri rebels who come across the Kansas line to drink, throw cards, tell lies, frequent horrors, and holler to the moon about niggas taking over the world and the white man's constitutional rights being thrown in the outhouse by the Yankees and so forth. And, and let me hold right there for a minute. The way that he opens in the writing, when you watch episode one, the way that he describes what's happening in this 
tavern, uh, post office, barbershop, shoe shine, box. It's a box. It's a building. And inside this building, all this is happening. It's a bar. It's a yeah. barbershop. It's a shoe yeah. shine shop. Yeah. It's the post office. Yeah. All this is happening, and you see this, and listening to the way that he reads that and knowing how we saw and the, for those who have seen the first episode of the good lord bird yeah. you can hear it and yeah. see it yeah. you can see it in your mind coming to life yeah and the way that it's captured on film yeah is almost identical yeah. it's amazing to yeah. hear so let me back it up just a little so that you can get the full effect. We don't want you to miss any of his interview portions. I just had to stop and say that, that that is just amazing how books and, and written literature can take you places in your mind. Yeah. Right? You can, and then when you see the movie, you say, wow. Yeah. By the Yankees and so forth. And, and, and the way in is this wonderful character, uh, Henry Henrietta, who's nicknamed by John Brown, Onion. Little right. Onion, right? A vernacular voice that you write in, a black voice telling this story. Well, I love that old country, you know, that old country talk. You know, we still have a lot of Americans who talk like that. Black and white, that old, that sort of direct black vernacular of, you know, I was born by the river and, and, and you know, the kind of hee-haw, chit-chat. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the old men in my family talk like that. And I always wanted to find a way to put that in a narrative and this was just the perfect place. But come spring, talking Dutch circled around a certain murderous white scoundrel named Old John Brown. A Yank from back east who come to Kansas territory to stir up trouble with his gang of sons called the Potawatomi Rifles. To hear them tell it, Old John Brown and his murderous sons planned to deaden every man, woman, and child on the prairie. Old John Brown stole horses. Old John Brown burned homesteads. Old John Brown raped women and hacked off heads. Old John Brown done this, and Old John Brown done that. And why, by God, by the time they was done with him, Old John Brown sounded like the most onerous, murderous, low-down son of a bitch I ever saw. And I resolved that if I was ever to run across him, why, by God, I would do him in myself. In, in, along the way, you're messing with some big icons. I mean, John Brown, of course. Frederick Douglass comes in for a cameo here, and you... It's, it's not the most reverent view of Frederick Douglass I've ever read, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I, I got scorched a little bit by that, by yeah. that uh, Frederick Douglass depiction. But it is funny. Um, uh, and Frederick Douglass in real life was married to a, a black woman and had a white mistress, and they lived in the same house together. I mean, that, you know, you, you can't do that in Brooklyn now. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know where you can do it. I mean, maybe the place where you can do it. But, I mean, my point is that uh, it's just ripe for... for for making, for ha for cracking a joke about it. Well, how many people? How many people knew that you are going to see? You are going to see that in this in this series. Right. You're going to see his wife, his mistress, right. Frederick Douglass. You know, I don't know. Frederick Douglass lived a free life. Yeah, he did. You know, and. Hmm. And so I did some research and, and it's and he had five children with his wife Anna, mm -hmm. who is also an abolitionist, but mm -hmm. while 
he once the children started, she had to stay at home and keep the home front, keep the fort down mm-hmm. with the five children while he went and did what he did. But before, just like James McBride said, he had a wife, right. a black wife, and then he had this mistress and they were staying in the house together. And there are letters that when she died, she purposely said for them to burn, and, mm-hmm. she, and, and Frederick Douglass's descendants mm-hmm. happily burned their side of the letters. Okay. So she, so after when she died, all of her, I think her name is Olitha, Olithia, Olithia. But we're gonna know that because on Monday we're gonna be going over Frederick Douglass on. Observations, hashtag observations, TFR. Right now, hashtag TFR podcast live OB. We're going to be going over, you know, the Frederick Douglass and we're going to be laying out everything and looking at the complexity of a man that was an abolitionist. So we come on Monday through Friday at 9.30 a.m. Pacific. Right. 12.30 12.30 p.m. Eastern with hashtag observations TFR. That's myself and my sister, my yeah. special guest host, my sister, Tanya M. Congress. And on Monday, we're going to be talking about Frederick Douglass. So you're going to want to definitely tune in for that. Make sure that you share, share, share right now. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tag your people in it to let people know that we're on right now and get ready for Monday, right? So let's continue on with this because it's, it's interesting to learn about people yeah. and that, you know, it's not as clean as you would think it is. Not long after I decided them proclamations, an old tottering Irishman teetered into Dutch Henry's and sat in Pod's barber's chair. Weren't nothing special about him. There was a hundred prospecting prairie bums wandering around Kansas territory in them days looking for a lift west or a, a job rustling cattle. This drummer weren't nothing special. He was a stoop, skinny fella, fresh off the prairie, smelling like buffalo dung with a nervous twitch in his jaw and a chin full of ragged whiskers. His face had so many lines and wrinkles running between his mouth and his eyes that if you bundle him up, you could make him a canal. His thin lips was pulled back to a permanent frown. His coat, vest, pants, and string tie looked like mice had chewed on every corner of him, and his boots was altogether done in. His toes stuck clean through the toe points. He was a sorry-looking package altogether, even by prairie standards, but he was white. So when he sat in Pa's chair for a haircut and a shave, Pa put a bib on him and went to work. As usual, Pa worked the top end and I'd done the bottom, shining his boots, which in this case was more toes than leather. After a few minutes, the Irishman glanced around and seeing as nobody was standing too close, said said to Pa quietly, Are you a Bible man? Well, Pa was a lunatic when it came to God. And that perked him right up. He said, why, boss, I surely is. I knows all kinds of Bible verses. The old coot smiled. I can't say it was a real smile, for his face was so stern it weren't capable of smiling. But his lips kind of widened out. The mention of the Lord clearly pleased him, and it should have, for he was running on the Lord's grace right then and there, for that was the murder of old John Brown himself, the scourge of Kansas territory, sitting right there in Dutch's Tavern, with a $1,500 reward on his head and half the population in Kansas Territory aiming to put a charge in him. Thank you.
So you see the way that that is described in the writing, you are going to enjoy the good you Lord Bird. I mean, this is a great show because, like, just now I was like looking up the um, they have a list of the different quotes mm -hmm. from the show, um, and online because you know, when we was watching this today, um, there were a few quotes that I had to like pause and say, listen to what he just said, and just I mean, the writing is. Great yeah, he writing. Can, he can turn a phrase. He can turn a phrase. And I mean, just to show that he can turn a phrase, all of the quotes are online. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a beautiful piece. What would you give uh, the good Lord Bird? I would definitely, definitely give it a 10. I mean, yeah, 10 plus. I mean, because like you said, it's just, it's well written. Um,. It moves quickly, like you know, the action, um, and it just makes sense. It's like it's smart writing, smart writing, right? And then we talked about like the just when you describe like the parlor and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did it's the period piece, it looks like a period piece, so they, they did a great job as far as like, like the architecture and like the clothing and the makeup, and great show. Mm -hmm. Cinematography, the movement of the camera in this, the battle yeah. sequences, yeah. the dramatic acting on it, and how the camera catches it with the various angles and lens sizes. That's a 10. Yeah. Storyline, through line, that's a 10. Character arc. The character of Onion is constantly arcing because yeah. he, he starts out as a person that's an enslaved person is only seeing one place yeah. his whole entire life right. up to that point right. and then he's moving through and he's constantly arcing as he gets more life experiences that's a 10 and the thing about it is is now that we're talking about this everything happened so fast and he was with his father growing all all of his life he was mm -hmm. with his dad mm -hmm. right and then he has truly arced because you know can a person you'll see you'll, you'll see, see it once you watch it yeah but I mean this is a young man and he's a teenager so he's not even a man yet right right so he's a young a young man and um maneuvering in this world and you'll, if you haven't seen it, you'll see the first episode and you'll see the tragedy that happens to this young man. Mm -hmm. And um, it's amazing. It's I mean, amazing. he's an amazing character. Because if he's 17, Person. if he's 17, right, and he spent 17 years with John Brown leading up to Harper's Ferry, right, he's 34. When this odyssey ends, he's a full grown man. He starts out a child, yeah. and 17 years pass. Let's say he's 17. 17 years pass. He's 34 years old. When it, you see how those double digits, I often tell people, when you're nine, mm -hmm. 11 years pass, and you're 20. Yeah. You're 19, 11 years pass, and you're 30. Five, five. Right, 29, 11 years pass, and you're 40. Right. You say, where'd the time go? So he's 17. Let's just right. say he's 17. 
17 years past, he's 34 years old by the end of this journey that he took. It's like a like the like the Hobbit or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, uh wardrobe and period. The period piece. That's yeah. 10. Yeah. Virginia as a character, that's a 10. Story beats, that's a 10. Believability, that's a 10. Historical facts in the film, in the series, that's a 10. The Good Lord Bird is a 10. You have to see The Good Lord Bird. We are yeah, going. James go McBride, he does such a great job, like with the writing. Like, I'm going to have to get the book. You know, I would love to read the book. So I'm definitely going to pick up the book and read it. Yeah. So next up, people, because we're going rapid fire tonight, yeah. is another piece on Netflix 2020. Okay. Uncorked, right? Oh, Courtney boy. B. Vance is Lewis, yeah. the father. Nisi Nash, right. Sylvia, is the mom. Right. Uh, Sasha Capri is Tanya. Kelly Jeanette or Jarette is Brenda. Mahmoudou Afi stars Elijah. He is the protagonist of the film. Right. It's an ensemble cast. Yeah. And everyone, everybody in the ensemble cast works. Yeah. Right? Written by Pentis. Prentice, excuse me, Prentice Penny, yeah. directed and produced by Prentice Penny. Mm -hmm. A young man has his own life, his own way right. to walk in life, right. which builds conflict between he mm -hmm. and his father, who desires for his son to take over the family business, yeah. right? That's our synopsis of the film, yeah. Uncorked, right? Yeah. What makes Uncorked so good is it is a tale about generations, right? right? Yeah. It's a tale about generations right. and how the generation before right. may have to have may have to have made certain sacrifices that that generation believes that the next generation that comes up behind them, their sons or their daughters, will have to make the same sacrifice. Right. But as the world turns and as time moves, different opportunities are opened and change the way the world operates. A perfect example is Roots, right. the next generation, yeah. where the parents were telling Irene, Irene, Irene Kara, yeah. she was in it, uh, telling her people that, you know, they need to watch out because the Caucasians are like this. Right. And they said, oh, no, this is a new day. They, they're open and open, but they soon find out. Yeah. But there are openings that are different than the generation before. And each generation should look for the next generation to have a better opportunity. Right. So it is a great family film. It's another film that has, as my mother says, it's a movie of substance. It has substance. It does right? have substance. The, the conversation that is written between the father yeah. and the son yeah. 
and the understand the mother's wisdom to keep them cohesive, right? Through this whole situation, because there's a tragedy that happens in the film, and the the young man is traveling. He's in Paris, and a tragedy happens, and he has to persevere and the father has the family has to persevere yeah right it was so realistic yeah it's so realistic it was it was um yeah you know for people who have lost loved ones yeah this film is truly a realistic depiction of what it is it's heartfelt yeah it's well written yeah you know, we have to give kudos to the writer, director. Yeah. So, what would you, uh, what would you like to say about Uncork before we get to the rating? Um, we have to add the music because it was great music in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, great acting. And while we were watching the film, I remember saying to you that the writing is just so good; it just felt so like familiar. The conversations are conversations that y- you, you know, were used to being around as far as your family members or you would have with your friends. Um, it was... That color scheme on the on the poster, just to break in, goes good with the gray of oh. the film <laughs> review <laughs> yeah, it does. t-shirts, right? Yeah. That goes good. That's a good... But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's a comfortable film. Yes. Like you feel um, very familiar with uh, the family, um, really with their culture, actually, mm-hmm. because like I said, the music, right? Um, the, the family business, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it was just well done and like you said dealing with a tragedy mm-hmm. um, you know losing a loved one in mm-hmm. your family and how it affects everyone in the family mm-hmm. so it was just just well done I would give it a 10 a 10 yeah. okay so let's let's go through it real quick people uh, let's go through it real quick let me just press that so that'll play again um Choreo- I mean, uh, cinematog- choreography. Cinematography is a 10. Storyline through line is a 10. The character arc in this film is a 10. Acting, skill, emoting is a 10. Wardrobe, sets is a 10. The barbecue restaurant, the barbecue joint as a character is a 10. Story beats. Moving through all throughout the film, connecting the dots, that's a 10. Believability, the drama, that's a 10. Family, the family unit, the family history, the family unit, family history, that's a 10. Now, there's only, I added a new category. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Which I was disappointed in the film. I was disappointed in the film at the end. The story hanging at the end. The story hanging at the end is a two. We wanted to see more and you will see what we're talking about when we watch the film. Great film, which brings it to uh, court. That you gave it a ten. Yeah, I gave it a ten. I gave it a nine point two. So what category is this? 
what is the title of the new category? Story hanging at the end. Okay. Meaning that it's it seems like yeah. it's unfulfilled. You go yeah. through the whole film and then that's thing you know you don't get a definite conclusion, right? Because it's like it's a it's a good film mm -hmm. and you can see how the pieces the two puzzle pieces could be put together at the end of the film. Could be. Right. We don't want to give anything away. Right. But these two pieces could easily be put together at the end of the film. At the end of the film, but they didn't. Right. So and they left it they left it to your imagination. Right. I, I when I go to see a film, especially when this is right. like a heart right. jerker like this one, right. I look for it to finish, right? Yeah, because you already had tragedy in the film. Right. So you would like, like a closure. Closure. Right. right. So I give it a 9.2. The last film of the night okay. is Judy 2019. It's on Amazon Prime, right? Uh, Academy Award winner Renee Zellweger plays Judy Garland. Jesse Buckley plays Rosalind Wilder. Her handler while in London. Yeah. Finn Whitrock plays Mickey Deans. Rufus Savelle. I, I, I can't read my own writing. Savelle or Savelle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is Sid Luft. Yeah. And there is an all star cast. It is an ensemble cast with. Renee Zellweger leading right. the way as Julie Garden, Garland in London. The last year's this is this is the TFR podcast live synopsis. The last years of Julie Garland's life in London, performing at the Talk of the Town right. dinner club. Yep. She's down and almost out, but she still got her voice right. and the ability to command a stage. Yeah. The training at MGM coming in handy, but she wants to retire to raise her kids. Right. But flashing back to harsh treatment yeah. at MGM as a child. Now, when she flashes only, back, that's Darcy Shaw. Okay. Okay. But flashing back to harsh treatment at MGM as a child yeah. only pushes her mind to be cloudy. And so, sad. I mean, it, it is a sad, you know, Judy Garland's existence yeah. is, you know, it is a pretty sad existence. It's not as sad at, or as disappointing as American black existence during that same time period. Right. But in the case of American blacks, they just didn't let you in. Right. In her case, she was let in and she was ran through the ringer. You're too fat. You're too this. You're too that. Keep your eyes. Keep your eyes focused away from the camera. Take this drug. And, and, and you can watch. And, you know, it's funny because yeah. they had another uh, Judy Garland movie on. Mm -hmm. I think it was on HBO years ago. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the director was telling her, keep your eyes off the camera. And when you watched... The early Judy Garland films. Now you can see her eyes yeah. going like this. Yeah. It's such a shock. It's like a yeah. disappointment yeah. to 
uh, see it and you see her eyes trying to avoid looking directly into the camera lens because you know she came from stage really right, right as a young person yeah. right so you know this is the trailer as we're talking right Oh, Renee Zellweger deserved deserve the Academy Award yeah. because she not only acted like Julie Garland gaunt in her last year of life but she also sang in the movie and it was convincing as an aging Judy Garland that still had the remnants and still had the pipes and the stage presence and the movement she embodied uh, Judy Garland she did like, just like the mannerism mm -hmm. just like it's like every pore of her body was Judy, Judy Garland. Garland yeah I mean I don't know if she if she shook it right off or if she yeah. method acted yeah because I didn't see Renee Zell with her film at all no not at all yeah and we're playing the trailer as we go I mean it is I mean her portrayal of it yeah. and I don't know how tall Renee Zellweger is mm -hmm. but it was camera angles and using actors that were probably taller because I thought she was a pretty taller woman because Julie Garland was a short shorter person right mm -hmm. but it was camera angles that's why I say when we get to the rating the cinematography on this and the camera movement on this and the way that they told the story with angle sizes and everything and all Judy Garland wanted was to have a normal life after all the work that she had put in I don't, I don't know I, I grew up watching Wizard of Oz and, and, and loving that song Somewhere Over the Rainbow right she was five four and, oh, oh, she's okay, so she's perfect. Then how how tall was Julie, is Julie Garland? Mm, look up, look up Julie Garland real Renee quick. No, oh, she's a tourist. But uh, so Judy Garland. But so Renee Zellweger is five four, and then you know so that's perfect. But see how tall Judy was. But she pulled this off, and she deserved the Oscar over everyone else because that that was a tremendous performance and i remember i don't know what happened i, don't, I think they didn't play it here or they only played it at certain times mm -hmm. 411 see so yeah so there is a difference in the quite a difference about a foot gemini uh, she was a gemini right what's her birthday um her birthday was june 10th 1922 june 10th, 1922 judy garland grand rapids right? um Michigan. Yeah, midwest person right now, here is a piece that I thought was real interesting as I was doing my research. This is an interview mm -hmm. with Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show where she talks a little bit about her career. And mm -hmm. when you look at the poster of Judy and then you look, this is during this time period mm -hmm. of when just before she's getting probably getting ready to go over to London. Mm -hmm. and. Renee Zellweger nails this. Is there anything you've ever wanted to do that you've never done? Retire. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> come on now. You don't really want to, do you? I mean, oh, quit singing? Well, I'd like to uh, uh, be terribly rich. 
I mean, sort of disgustingly rich. And so There's that nothing I, wrong with that. No, no, not at all. And then just be able to sing when I want to. And then if, if that were the case, I'm sure I'd be singing every night. That always happens, yes, doesn't it? Yes. I don't know if it always happens. I've no, people always say if they get enough money, they would retire, but they don't. <laughs> Who's had the greatest influence on your career? Uh, your entire life? On my career? Yeah. MGM. <laughs> no. No, no, I would imagine so. And Vaudeville, before that. Vaudeville yeah. Vaudeville. You started, you worked with your, your sisters originally yes, in yes, Vaudeville. Yes, And my mother. Actually, the outfit that she wore during the interview, she wears in the film. Oh, sure is, as I look at and it. If, if that was the case, I'm sure I'd be singing every night. Yeah, yeah so she went through a, lot. a hellish thing. And you know what? Yeah. She had husbands and poor money management and yeah. trusting other people yeah. with her money. Yeah. Um, made it so that she was broke. Yeah. In the end, yeah. and she was needing money. She was getting shows yeah. in the in the states yeah. at a hundred hundred dollars. Right. In the movie, they moved it to a hundred and fifty. But yeah. in actuality, in the states, she was doing it for only a hundred dollars a show. And this is Judy Garland from yeah. MGM, and she didn't have um, what they will call today a momager. Mm -hmm. You know. Her mother wasn't around. Her father wasn't around when, you know, the studio heads, you know, uh, were emotionally and physically abusing her as a child. Because right. she grew up, right, under MGM, right, acting in films. And she was just, like, all alone. And, like, they're, I mean, just from, from, a, from a, you'll see it when you watch the film, but I was just amazed. I knew that she had um, a drug and alcohol problem as an adult, right? But I didn't know that as a child, the studio was giving her drugs as a child. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a uh, it's horrendous what you know what they were doing. It's, yeah. it's really horrendous. So you you have to see Judy the the flashback sequences. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Cinematography uh, and the camera movement and telling the story with the various angles. Yeah. That's a 10. Storyline, through line 10. Character arc 10. Yeah. Acting skill. Emoting skill. The singing. Yeah. Wild emoting. Right. 10. Yeah. Wardrobe. Cars. Wigs. The set, 10. Yeah. Locations yeah. is a 10. Yeah. Story beats, connecting the flashbacks right. to what was happening in her life yeah. real time. That's yeah. a 10. Believability, that's a 10. Historical facts in the piece, 10. Yeah. What would you give Judy? I would give it a 10. I mm -hmm. mean, I wonderful music. I have to add that the music was just beautiful. Oh yeah. And like you said, Renee Zellweger, she sang. She didn't lip sing. She sung all the songs herself. So the music was great. I have to add that and then along with the costume and design, which is a part of it, but I definitely have to add the jury mm -hmm. because the pieces were really nice. 
So um, this was a really, really, really great film. You know what Her acting is just superb. up there, yeah. superb. You know, I have to say, I have to give props to, to this film. There's three films that you should see, right? Mm -hmm. One film didn't get the Oscar, mm -hmm. but the other two did. Okay. Judy, mm -hmm. uh, the um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the story yeah. of Queen. And the story of Elton John. It was good also. Right? Yeah. Those three films that you should yeah. see. If you're into music and you're yeah. into all types of music, yeah. I grew up a DJ, yeah. you know, that was into hip hop. So yeah. hip hop is amalgamation of various different types of music. Yeah. So we as DJs listen to everything. Because what you can blend together to freak a person's head right. when they're on the dance floor, right. they're listening over the radio, or they're listening on a mix CD or a mix cassette yeah. or on a mix digital today. Right. What you can do to freak their head, you have to be able to listen to all forms of music. So those three films, yeah. everyone likes Queen. Yeah. You yeah. know, so Queen, we, we reviewed that. Go back and watch that. We reviewed the Elton John film. I can't think yeah. of the name of it right now because yeah. it wasn't called Elton Was John. It the Rocket Man. Rocket Man. That's Rocket right. We reviewed Rocket Man and yeah. Judy yeah. right now. So I'm looking you, forward you said, to the Aretha Franklin story. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. That's gonna be another one. Uh, so you gave it gave Judy a ten. I gave Judy a ten. I give Judy. Yeah. A ten. That's yeah. right, people. Yeah. So look, the Aretha Franklin story done by uh, Jennifer Hudson. That's right, Jennifer Hudson, not the one that's coming on <laughs> on television. Right. That's right. Uh, so people, look, we've got nineteen minutes left. We have ran through this show today. We have run through everything. We want to tell you real quick yeah. before we get out of here. We want to thank you for uh, tuning in. Yes. Make sure, people, that these shows yeah. are in are in your repertoire to watch. Yeah. That you are watching these particular episodes right here. I mean, yeah. these particular series, right? Yeah. I'm putting them up now so that everyone can see them. Bring this down here. Mm -hmm. Move this over. You have to watch these shows because they are bringing context. Right. To what, to what we are seeing happen today. There are context to it, right? right? Then you can research from off of the facts that they are giving. Right. It is Lovecraft Country. As soon as we right. get over here, we're there to watch Lovecraft Country. Yep. Tonight. Watchmen, yep. right? You have to watch that. It's Supernatural, but it deals with Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1921. Right. Uh, Fargo. That's tonight also. That's right. Fargo. We have a correction on it. My wife was correct. It does have to do with Kansas City. Okay. So, you know, we do a correction on the shows when that's not right. It's called Fargo 4, but it's dealing with cities in the Midwest. Right. And this one deals with Kansas City, yes. 1950. Starring Chris Rock. Starring Chris Rock. It has historical points in it. It deals, all of these deal with American black yeah. topics. And of course, yeah. the good Lord Bird. Make sure that you put this into your repertoire and make sure that you watch all these because 
Each one of these are connecting dots that you can fill in by just Googling today. You don't have to use the Dewey Decimal System, but I would say stay in practice and know how to use the microfiche and the Dewey Decimal System still. Boy, this has been a robust show. Yes, and don't forget that you can hear the replays on iHeartRadio. On iHeartRadio, just go there and go go to the search iHeartRadio search and go hashtag TFR Podcast Live or go to Google and type in hashtag TFR Podcast Live yeah. and just click search and see where what you get. You'll see that we're on all the uh, platforms of podcasting, right? right. iHeartRadio for those who love iHeartRadio and or Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, Google right. Play, etc., etc., etc. We're on all those platforms for you to watch. Yeah. We come on. We have two shows that come on. Yeah. We got the show that comes on Monday through Friday. Yeah. Hashtag observations yeah. TFR right now still. Hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB. Yeah. Monday through Friday. Yes. Nine thirty a.m. 12:30 p.m. Yes. Eastern, 9:30 p. 9:30 a.m. Pacific, 12:30 p.m. Eastern, yes. Monday through Friday, on all the platforms that we initially first run on, yes. which is Periscope, yep. uh, Vimeo, yep. FB, and of course the Film Review Life Channel. Make sure you go there and subscribe, subscribe, yeah. hit the like button, hit yeah. the share button. Let yeah. the people know that we're on. We have over a hundred. No, yeah. we have right now Monday through Friday shows. Right. We have 33 episodes going to episode 34. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the film review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society podcast. That's my wife and I. Yeah. We are the husband and wife team. Yeah. We come on on Sundays yeah. at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30, excuse me, Pacific. Right. 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern yes. on Sundays yeah. on all of the first-run platforms. Periscope, right. Vimeo, right? Yeah. Facebook. And, of course, the Film Review Live channel on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe right now because we're on right now. Subscribe, like this video, yes. share, 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 tag, 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 yep. subscribe, 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 yes. right? And then we are on all of the platforms yep. of podcast streaming, yeah. right? Yep. So we appreciate coming yeah, to you we do. with all of these platforms and we yep. appreciate you watching. Yes. Right? Yeah. So is there anything that you want to close with? Um, just everybody be safe and well through COVID and thank you for watching and watch both shows. And like I said before, Monday through Friday, the observations. I call it daily news. So if you want to know what's going on, um, uncut, check us unbiased. out. Uncut, unbiased. Check us out. And what I love about both shows is you're not only just viewers, 
we let you in so you can call anytime mm-hmm. and, and give your opinion on topics. Mm-hmm. You know? And so. And make sure, yeah. people, that yeah. you go over to Cash App, yeah. Dollar Sign, TFR Podcast Live. That's yeah. Dollar Sign, TFR Podcast Live. And yeah. smash a few dollars yeah. on that account. Say, hey, we appreciate what you're doing, yeah. Tracy, Chris D, Tanya. Smash that, smash a few dollars onto that account. We will appreciate you like we appreciate you yeah. because we come every week jam-packed yeah. with shows, right? So, people, you have been watching another great episode because we're getting ready to get off here and watch Lovecraft yeah. Country yeah. and Fargo for the next episode. So we're getting ready to get off here right now and head straight there. Mm-hmm. Right? You have been watching yeah. another great episode of hashtag TFR Podcast Live. Yeah. That's the film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We are the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, society. And we will see you next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on another episode of hashtag TFR Podcast Live. Yep. I love this show. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast, interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching The Film Review. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.